Six, a really beautiful story. I told you about really cute stories. Barbara, if you don't mind, I want to share it. Cute stories about lost and found. I lost my ring on the golf course on Saturday. I've lost probably 600 balls on the golf course in the past <laughs> 10 years that I've been playing there. Uh, and I found my ring. They didn't find that 600 balls. <laughs> Somebody writes, yes, Clarence, a cute story of my first holiday with my fiance's family at Lake Malawi in 1975. He had bought me a gold bracelet with two hearts our names on each and during a swim I lost the bracelet I was devastated jump to 2000 the year 2025 years later and an elderly couple were walking on the beach at Malawi Monkey Bay and they found it That's their new incredible. fiance now husband's family and hey ho I still have it plus him lol Vicky Vicky that is okay. such a beautiful story and I think there's more such beautiful stories about miraculous finds, lost and found stories. If you have one, share it with us. You know where to do it, how to do it. 072-567-1567 on WhatsApp. Uh, as we welcome Barbara Friedman, time, uh, of course, at about this time, we look at things trending on social media. It's Barb's Wire. Yeah, morning. I thought before I get going, I'm just going to mention the problem a lot of users and listeners who have been emailing us and contacting us are having with their Android devices listening live to Cape Talk, streaming on our new app, which does work very well, but it has got a few little bugs. And, and we were just chatting before I came on air, and Clarence made the, right, the correct point that some of these things can't really be fixed before the that the app goes live. So yes, we are dealing with some post-launch bugs that need to be fixed. And this particular one, it's only happening on Android devices. It's an Android SDK issue, if you know what that is. Android SDK is the software development kit which is developed by Google for the Android platform and which works to let uh, other things too, but to let apps play properly and work properly there's some kind of problem between that and our and our Triton I mean the, the the company that runs our app the dev team who have developed and helped us develop this app are aware of it and they are working on it but it hasn't been resolved yet and I will keep you posted but I'm just saying I really feel for everyone who's Live streams are dropping all the time off their off their Android phones, and then they have to restart them. And I know it's frustrating and it's irritating. And I'm, you know, I just want everyone to just have a bit of patience with us because we don't want to lose our loyal listeners. Um, but I know it's it annoying. is frustrating. I know it it's is absolutely frustrating. frustrating. But I can promise you, some of these things, are, yeah. and it's workflow stuff. Um, um, can only happen you can only know it once it's live yeah. once these comments come no, in for so sure um i definitely think this wasn't something that was foreseen at all and um it will be fixed says i with great confidence it, it happens and it, it can only be fixed if you flag them so keep on flagging yeah, keep them. flagging them and just because we're getting a lot of emails and, and calls about it i just wanted to mention yes we know it has been reported it is in development to be fixed <sighs> but the objective is cutting edge app and i, I and listen content. i find i do yeah and i do think the streaming it's so clear and it oh it, to me it's just so much better than the last the last version that different app that we had yeah no this this much is going to give you really quality so. but onto the stories i'm not going to mention bafana bafana because that is a big trending topic all over the the, the x platform and that's just because you know we drew against tunisia which puts us at least into the round of 16 but i'm not going to discuss that because it's just it was a, a nil nil 
score and we don't really feel very, uh, you know, we're happy we, 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 we've moved forward in the competition. Mm-hmm. But I think the main talking point on the socials today is the the impending, I, the imminent ICJ judgment, the International Court of Justice, which has confirmed it will hand down judgment on the provisional measures sought in South Africa's genocide case against Israel. That will be tomorrow, Friday, 2 p.m. South African time. Um, it will take place in the Peace Palace at The Hague and the presiding judge will be reading out that judgment. And um, I think all eyes are on that to see what happens. South Africa has has a, um, representation there um, in uh, at the moment. Um, the South African team has uh, arrived. Uh, Dr. Naledi Pando, to be specific, is in attendance and will be representing South Africa. As I understand that she's landed and she will be there. And uh, yeah, South Africa is re- is is asking for at least even an interim um, injunction so that the um, this, these actions are stopped yeah. until further notice. And I think we're going to watch it with interest. There yeah. are powerful forces invested in any outcome. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was interesting, a New York Times article, I know there's a lot of criticism that the New York Times is being, isn't being entirely like unbiased, but they had an interesting article this morning which was just talking about how one of Israel's responses to the case is to um, declassify that more than six, 30 secret orders made by government and military leaders, which they say rebuts the charge that it committed genocide in Gaza, because a lot of the case made against Israel is based on the quite inflammatory public statements made by Israeli leaders, which are Absolutely. terrible. I mean, these like leader, politician leaders saying, basically saying genocide is, is what we're doing. Let's so what, them. Yeah. So what Israel's now doing, or their team has done, is to declassify these documents, which overrules, you know, which says that these are the decisions that are actually being made and that those politicians sprouting off at the mouth are not the real um, decisions. But I I think that's a bit tenuous. But let's see what happens. Let's see what happens tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Yeah. It's a big, big deal. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to wait, but I think anything short of a qualified not guilty, um, oh, I'm going to yeah. have serious questions. I mean, with. my issue, and we were saying just before we went on air, you know, when is someone going to take Putin there and, and, and come up with a, you know, some sort of a similar action? The thing is, is, Israel and Russia wouldn't really, I doubt, abide by the decision. Do you think no, they no, will? They, they we know they won't. They, they won't, um, and and so, neither can the ICJ. Well, it isn't. It isn't. An, it isn't able to do that. It is exactly. But I don't. You know. But the pressure should I think still. It's a, it's a moral position. It's a moral position. Which we yeah. need to take on it. But still, you know, it'd be nice if people actually listened. Um, yeah, the next story, which was definitely breaking and trending yesterday quite late, was the news coming out of America that John Stewart is returning to The Daily Show. That is interesting. It is interesting. Um, the catch is that it's, it's going to be during the U.S. election season. I think it's until November. And he'll only be doing it on Mondays. So the other days there will be other guests uh, taking over that show. Um, but he will be doing every Monday during the U.S. election season. And that is so interesting. I mean, he's 61 years old. You know, he's born in 62. A sort of a boomer um, um, uh, millennial, like a cusp baby. Uh-huh. Um, 
sorry, what is it? It's yeah. I mean, he's a millen- um Six, 64 to 67 is X. So he's millennial. Sorry, he's he's no no no, no, no. He's, he's, he's boomer X. He's boomer X. Sorry, I just he's got it wrong. Yeah. Similar to me, yeah. on the cusp. So you're not quite a boomer. You sort of more X. Yes. Well, and you straddle. You straddle. Yeah. But when he came on to that show, you know, he wasn't the first host of the Daily Show, uh, which started in 1999 when he took over from the host at the time. Uh, Craig Kilborn, he introduced that sort of dry, raw, witty humor that was more politicized, was more angry. But he was about 30, 31 at the time, and he was very much the voice of that generation. And a lot of people are saying, now, I just read some really interesting articles. Is he now at 61, the voice of the younger generation? Like, how's that going to translate? I'm completely like delighted that he's back, even if it is one day a week. And I'm really interested to see how it's received because quite a few articles are talking about how late night TV in America has plummeted in popularity. And although Trevor Noah did very, very well um, for the seven years now that he was the host, the numbers had Hmm. plummeted, not necessarily because of him, but because consumption patterns patterns have changed so radically. And I'm always intrigued having worked in TV Hmm. for years too, before I was here um, I always watch the numbers with, with great interest. And now when I look at some of the normal TV numbers here, then the ARs, which is the audience ratings that get released, are so different from what they were 10, 20 years ago. And it's not just, you know, I mean, our equivalent of cable, which is DSTV, also struggling here with how to keep audiences. And we know, and this is true of America too, that live sport is Probably the only thing that really keeps people paying the money. For now. For now. But it's so interesting, the article's saying it's not dead yet. They talk about cable, but I feel we have an equivalent type of situation here. Um, but it probably will die eventually. And I'm just curious to see how they're going to reinvent. I don't mean to watch John Stewart, but it's just all how it's all reinvented. I don't think they can exist in isolation. Yeah. And, and that's, that, yeah. that's, that's been proven. I mean, you need social media. And they say, you know, it's the, it's the sort of millennials and the, the Gen Z's that they watch, you know, the streaming services, etc. I'm not, I mean, I'm not one of, I'm an older person and I don't watch TV. I don't. I, don't I stream. And if I want to consume other things, I go online and I find it somewhere. Mm. And that is the truth. So the patterns of consumption have completely changed. And I'm curious to see whether John Stewart, especially over the U.S. elections, is able to garner like, his audience back because he was incredibly popular. I, I'm going to tell you that we have a role to play, especially uh, the generation that you represent that boomer X generation there are divides that we need to straddle there's complexities here there's good things from the Mm -hmm. past that we need to take into the future and I think we are good well positioned especially Gen X and Prof Richard Newman is a Gen Xer Uh, very important um, I think takes on life that we bring to to the future and and maybe all continue to learn from each other because there's good and bad and Shades and ugly and shades of grey. My third story is just one of I just find these quite entertaining. So the 2023 annual cravings report by Uber Eats has been released, and they've sent out a summary of this report, a snapshot of some of some of the the the, the sort of unusual or interesting findings from the report, and um, it sort of gives you a take on. I don't really order much food like that. I don't know if you do, Clarence. I don't know if you're an Uber Eats or a Mr. D orderer. There are a lot of people in this office that I'm surrounded by that are constantly ordering food online. 
Um, so I don't have much personal experience, but I'm quite interested that some of the takeouts are. They're saying in their report that Joburg and Pretoria lead the way as the friendliest users on the Uber Eats app with the most customers from those two cities saying please and thank you on their orders. I didn't even know there was room to say that, but apparently there is somewhere where you can, where you can actually write that. They gave an example of the one of the, the biggest spender for 2023 was someone who ordered on the same day an order for 14,000 rand of alcohol and then 25 minutes later another order for alcohol of 19,000 rand so that was 33,000 rand including tips of alcohol on one day in 2023 that was the 13th of October I hope somebody else didn't pay for it because that's no, the experience I, other I, people no, had with Uber yeah. Eats my wife yeah, <laughs> sixteen thousand rands worth of food at five o'clock in it's the morning. Crazy. Yeah, and then like other just funny things is there's one user who ordered every single day of the year of 2023. They're saying what a creature of habit, and another one who ordered from the same restaurant 348 times in 2023, and and then just a few other little takeouts which were. Um, that uh, which would surprise you that Josie has taken over Cape Town's vegan crown, obviously, and being vegan myself, I find this interesting, that in fact Pretoria and Johannesburg have taken over the most, sorry, Johannesburg has taken over the most vegan orders, um, upping uh, the mother city with 23% more vegan orders than Cape Town. And, um, yeah, I'm just... Uh, there were just some funny, they've got some funny takeouts of people who order, you know, putting personal little requests and order things like they said, people repeat their request for no sauce or garnish like 23 times, like on one order. And I've known people who literally, if you give them a burger with garnish, they will not eat it. They do not want to see a piece of lettuce or a tomato on that burger. Fortunately, I'm not the waitron on the receiving end of their wrath. <laughs> Poor cyclist <laughs> or motorcyclist. Exactly. Ten minutes from 10 o'clock.